we're going to look at Marijuana Business Daily's top 10 cannabis industry trends to look for in 2022, which look a lot like the previous episode that we did on Crystal Ball Prediction. So we're going to talk about, I think, banking, brands, consolidation, uh, potential legalization, all kinds of stuff coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. As a reminder, we did a crystal ball prediction last month, and we've been doing that annually. So looking back what we do from 2020 or 2021 or this year and, and what we're expecting to see for 2022, what we do is we look uh, on the internet for what people are saying, what is their crystal ball predictions, and we aggregate those. So the number one crystal ball prediction in 2020 was that uh, price and profit was going to be the number one thing. Um, 2021's crystal ball, number one crystal ball prediction was we're going to see more legal regulation, political changes, and then the same thing for 2022 and beyond. What we've noticed, though, is that it keeps getting wider, it keeps getting more. So what that's telling me is that, you know, early on, people kind of all have the same ideas. Now people have no idea. There's even a miscellaneous tab for predictions because they're kind of literally all over the place. So it goes anywhere from federal decriminalization at 17% all the way to banking regulations at just under 2% uh, for kind of this aggregated crystal ball prediction or collection, which is kind of be in line with this article. So uh, having said that, uh, I know that uh, the top thing we're going to be talking about is M&As. And so 8.7% of the folks uh, within the cannabis industry, talking about consolidation and M&A being the crystal ball prediction for 2022, you know, almost 9% um, of the predictions aggregated claim that. So when we're looking at um, this article here from uh, MJ Business Daily, top 10 industry trends to watch for number one is going to be M&A is going to be marching on. So that's kind of what we've been saying this whole time. And when you look at uh you know, the crystal ball predictions, it's really been about consolidation from the very beginning. You know, when you look at 2020 price and profit, same thing, if you're not profitable, if you're not making revenue, you're, you're going to be gone. And that's why in 2021 consolidation was the second thing. Like, yes, we're going to have regulation and companies are going to have to merge uh, with other ones, either a strategic partnership, acquisition, merger, uh, capitulation, where they don't really want to is kind of a hostile takeover or whatever. Uh, this year, it's dropped to number four. Um, I think D8 and CBG really kind of pushed it back a little bit. There's a lot of new product innovation coupled with cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids making consolidation and M&A uh, the fourth thing on people's list of 2022 and what they think is going to happen behind obviously the number one of you know legalization trends probably seen a lot of smaller brands kind of merge together. One of the examples in Florida is truly that had an annual sales of a billion dollars, but Florida had this flurry of acquisitions of more than uh, 500 million. So you will have smaller brands kind of wanting to maybe get out the game or uh, merge with some other companies. So there's going to be a lot of small deals, people that maybe just aren't ready for this industry and are just kind of maybe ready to get out, especially in some of the distressed markets, West Coast, um, you know, Washington and Oregon, some of these companies that uh, are realizing that they're not going to be around for very long. 
even in Pennsylvania, there's there's going to be tons of movement in Arizona, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, any of the new markets where people want to get in. There's going to be flipping of those licenses, um, and and other like Colorado vertical integration um, is going to continue. So a lot of the grows and uh, smaller companies are going to just be gobbled up and, and move in. So. That's kind of uh, been something we've been talking about for a long time, nothing new here. And I would expect that to be a lot more persistent um, as things move on, especially in legalization. Folks are going to have this anticipation where, yeah, money is going to be coming in when it doesn't, then they're going to freak out and it's just going to be a fire sale at that point. Brands on our crystal ball prediction, 7.7% uh, of the people that, that uh, were claiming about crystal ball predictions claim that there's going to be some branding or year of the brand. A lot of people are claiming year of the brand. Um, but anyone you talk to in California is like, no, that's not, that's not happening. We've already, we've already heard that story. I think what, what it means is uh, less about the highest THC at the lowest price point and more about I've been here, done that, give me what I want. And so they're going to be selecting brands rather than asking a bud tender about the highest THC at low price point. That's my interpretation of brands. I mean, you see cookies, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the brand. Yeah, we've heard about Wana brands being bought for $300 million, but um, do people want Wana brands over cookies? I mean, we're comparing apples to oranges or, or flour to, to chocolate, uh, but I think that the cookies brand and their first mover advantages are going to annihilate everybody else. And I don't have an affinity for burner or uh, cookies, but I just think that the branding is on point. The genetics, uh, everything that they're doing is culturally sticky and it's sticking everywhere. And it's that brand, unless they become um, faux pas, you know, where something happens within the, team or the brand or something like I know for a fact that they've gone into Oregon and ripped somebody's genetics off and that could have been disastrous if if that made national news that burner was stealing people like stealing people of colors genetics it's terrible uh Jesse Horton from loud uh they ended up making up or whatever but that was terrible so um I think if you look at Von Dutch and the collapse of something that was so hip and cool that could happen to cookies. And so they're going to have to regulate um, how they brand that in order to, to continue to stay uh, in business and be popular. Number three is about California's municipalities opting in to cannabis. Uh, number one on the crystal ball prediction list was legalization. And, and that's kind of within this category uh, is that people want that cash. So there's, you know, towns in New Jersey, they're like, nope, don't want to do it. And then California's like, yeah, we need that money. So uh, likely to be um, municipalities kind of saying, oh, okay, well, this isn't so bad. You have a lot of NIMBYs, not in my backyard, people who don't want it around because they think it stinks, even though they have cows like right over there. There's a lot of those folks. Um, but in the end, I think the communities are going to want the cash over anything else. And those that don't like it will just have to move. Cannabis companies calling for lower taxes. I mean, Washington State is doing that. That's one of the, the big things right now within Washington for the regulators is to reduce the amount of taxes, uh, especially for patients. 37%, I think, is a nationwide high tax on cannabis for Washington State. So everyone is going to be wanting to reduce that. I think San 
Francisco eliminated it temporarily uh, to try and, you know, fight the legacy, the, you know, the black market. Um, but they're going to have to reduce the taxes. It, it, it's too expensive. I mean, compare it to, to anything else, tobacco or whatever. Uh, you're not going to spend $200 on an ounce of cannabis while a pound of tobacco is 18 bucks. So eventually prices are going to come way down uh, and that's going to be good and bad, bad for a lot of these people who put in way too much money, but good for those of us that uh, want prices to come down. <laughs> Number five is about uh, M&As in um, Canada. So up north, those valuations are ridiculous. Our crystal ball predictions are talking about consolidation being the fourth thing, but also small business over MSOs. Um, is second to the last. So 4.8% claim that small businesses will dominate MSOs. And I think that's way too early. Those folks that are claiming to have, um, you know, I mean, we haven't even had like big cannabis come in yet. So I think that we're going to have to have the Budweiser equivalent, dominate the market, put everybody out of business. And then uh, from the ashes, we're going to have small producers. I don't think they're going to come right out the gate. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope. I hope I'm wrong, but if this is anything like any other category, I think that they're going to deliberately squash small businesses until they become just uh, incapable of, of surviving. And the first ones to go are, the, are going to be the ones up in Canada. So a lot of these guys like Tilray, are you kidding me? Uh, Tilray and Afria merger, like nobody wants Tilray's products. So that's gone. So it's going to be about the small guys eventually, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. I think that you're going to see a massive amount of market share loss from Canada as people come down to the US and take advantage of that growth that we have. Because in Canada, they're growing at $6 a gram. And here in the U.S., we're growing for a buck thirty a gram. In Peru and Colombia, they're doing it for five cents. So everyone's screwed, but Canada is going to be the worst. Number six is an incorrect growth or profitability assumption that's going to persist up in Canada. So a lot of these CEOs are still talking about inaccurate assumptions. You know, just just, just like uh, new states are talking about three thousand dollars a pound or whatever. Um, they really, they don't know how much to grow and they don't know how much to sell it for. And just like Brandon Kinney of Tilray, who's clueless about the market, you've got guys that left Aurora and left Canopy and they're out there talking about um, you know, how much money they're going to make in uh, psychedelics. And one guy's over in Thailand and he's going to talk about how 0.2% THC in Thailand is going to be great for their economy and you should invest in. I mean, this is just snake oil guys that... Um, shouldn't be given any money whatsoever. That's my opinion. Uh, and so a lot of these folks who are clueless about the, um, about the entire industry, like the folks at Tilray, uh, are, are going to find out the hard way. So incorrect growth um, is going to lead to small businesses over, SM, over MSOs because they don't understand the industry flat out um, that's going to, uh, it's going to happen. So a lot of these guys are going to be a part of that consolidation, uh, and just, uh, become the AOLs and the my spaces of the industry and forgotten. Number seven is how cannabis is going to solidify the industry's reputation as recession proof. And that's vice, right? I mean, especially during 
bear market times, whenever there's uh, recessions or depressions, right now there's not officially, but with um, inflation at uh, unofficially 15%, which is ridiculous to have, you know, cost of everything go up that much. Uh, that's going to put a lot of pressure on people to you know, want to go out and, and relax even more. Um, so nothing new here. What we saw is that there was essential business and that propelled the industry significantly. But regardless if it's gambling or uh, drinking or, or cannabis or any of the other sin stocks, what we find is during economic corrections or recessions, they, uh, they're, even their stock hold longer. So real quick, just basically what happens is that uh, during economic collapse, everyone has to kind of sell out because they're probably leveraged. They have margin, right? And so once that leverage is uh, eviscerated, then what happens is these sin stocks start to look attractive because they've been shunned. The shunned stock hypothesis is that uh, investors don't want to invest in these things until there's no other, the, until they're the, the cleanest dirty shirt in the room basically, is uh, how their stocks will remain recession-proof as well. Number eight is about unpredictability when it comes to weather. So a lot of growers are going to have to remain flexible and adaptive for climate change. So normal weather patterns can't really be trusted. It was snowing in the summer in Hawaii in the Middle East, I think in like August uh, or September. That was crazy. Anybody you know who's growing cannabis in, in the Midwest is going to have to deal with hurricanes. Um, same thing with the Southeast. They have to deal with some hurricanes over there too. West Coast has been dealing with fires for quite a while and that uh, leads to other issues too. So those who aren't necessarily directly affected by the fires can have their entire crops decimated by mold because with fires, it'll, it'll send those mold spores uh, blowing in the wind and, and go through filter. The filtration systems we saw in Oregon uh, weren't strong enough. And so their entire yield was, they had to blast, they ended up blasting it into oil, which I'm not really a fan of, uh, but that was their way of uh, not having to throw all of it away. So um, definitely some issues with, with the weather and, and having to adapt with that. Number nine on the list is momentum building for social equity. A lot of states are uh, talking about it, but it's just really slow movement. So as uh, Washington State works on this uh, bill to remove the Class C felony on maintaining and operating a marijuana lounge, that's right, uh, cannabis cafes are a felony to, to own and operate here. So uh, with that, I'm writing a bill and writing in social equity uh, opportunities. And in my research, basically every state that's looking at cannabis cafes are doing the same thing. So on top of that, I know that Washington state regulators are looking at um, entire social equity um, opportunities, but it's really, really slow. It's basically aimed at giving minorities and those harmed by the war on drugs an opportunity to participate in the industry. And rather than waiting for the feds to do something similar, states are, are working on that right away. 10, last but not least, more states are going to legalize cannabis. That was number one on our list for crystal ball predictions. Federal government probably won't yet. And I would definitely agree with that. It's not going to happen in this administration, not for the next three years. They're not going to do that. Looking at some opportunities, Rhode Island, Maryland, Delaware, and then Mississippi, Kansas, and then the Carolinas, all looking at either recreation or medical. So that'll be good. Uh, Idaho just legalized hemp. 
that's crazy. <laughs> I thought they would be the last ones for sure to do anything. In addition to this list, uh, some stuff we didn't really talk about, um, you know, investing. We mentioned that people are going to be moving from Canada down to the U.S. Definitely consumption lounges, man, that's been on this list forever and it doesn't move and it's not going to go anywhere. I, I don't, I think 6.7% of the people got this one wrong. <laughs> I wish it wasn't the, the case. Uh, CBD hemp D8 still on the list. Um uh, separate from, you know, the other cannabinoids, CBG, CBO, uh, whatever, a lot of terpenes and flavonoids and new product innovation. Uh, price and profit still important, but not as much as, because they just assume, like if you're still in business at this point, they just assume you're financially responsible, <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, you're not paying too much and that you, you have a sound balance sheet. Um and uh, banking. So hopefully banking will will go somewhere. Um, I know that they took the banking bill out of the uh, um, defense spending bill, um, but they ended up throwing that back into the domestic spending bill in the house. So it's not completely dead. It's moving around. Uh, they're just kind of kicking it around, but um, that'll be a huge uh, uh movement for the industry, which is why I don't think it's going to happen. Way too many people who don't want legalization yet because they're making way too much money. So that's a big thing. As soon as banking happens, then you know legalization is right around the corner. Um, and that'll kind of be that that bellwether moment where you're like, oh, it's, it's here. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.